When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the We Are Podcast and the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. He is Corey Geiger. I am Jared Pugar. Corey. Every year, there's a thorn in somebody in the side of Penn State, and they usually are the same color as a rose. Ohio State, every single year. It doesn't matter the recruiting classes that Penn State brings in. It doesn't matter if Trace McSworley is there, or Saquon Barkley, or Sean Clifford, or Tommy Stevens, or hell, even probably Kerry Collins. But, Corey, there is no bigger thorn in the sides of Penn State football than the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, and the reason we're talking about this, I've got some good news for Penn State fans, and that is that Penn State has the number four recruiting class in the country. I wrote this uh, on the website here earlier in the week. Penn State is crushing it in recruiting, Jared. They're doing great. Number four class in the country, three top 100 commits, Oh, but when you look at the rankings, you know who's number two in the country? Ohio State. Uh, This past week, Ohio State got a commitment from a five-star wide receiver, one of the top 100 receivers in the country. Oh, and then the very next day, they got another commitment from one of the top 100 receivers in the country. Oh, and then the very next day, they got a a commitment from a four-star receiver. And so it just made me think, Jared, and – None of this is breaking news to anybody uh, if you follow Penn State football. But you mentioned the thorn in the side of Penn State. We're going to go over some numbers here, recruiting-wise, college football playoff appearances, so on and so forth, that it's just interesting because Penn State's slogan is unrivaled. Well, it's kind of laughable, really, when you're going to call yourself unrivaled when you have that team out there that's just always better than you, and that is Ohio State. And James Franklin, he, he used to refer to Vanderbilt as the previous institution. And so I got a kick out of it a couple weeks ago when we we're talking about the 13 million NIL deal. He calls them School X. So maybe, maybe we shouldn't call them Ohio State in this, in this podcast, Jerry. Look, we should just call them School X. How about that? Would that be school DX or the school X? Oh, nice. That's good. The school X. They, they copyrighted the frigging word the. How, how incredible is that? That's oh, great. And I think the best part about Ohio is that every time you go in there, especially in Columbus, you get a spelling lesson. Um, and luckily, <laughs> it's, it's only four letters, O-H-I-O. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's tough because, you know, no matter what happens, under Trestle, under Urban Meyer, 
under Ryan Day. They just don't miss a beat. They don't have a down year. And their down year is two losses or three losses. Whereas Penn State's down year now is 500 or 75 or, or what have you. Ohio State didn't miss a beat from going from Jim Trestle, liar, liar, vest on fire, to Urban Liar. Um, and they didn't miss a beat. In fact, they got better. And even Ryan Day has them competing in the college football playoff after Urban lied his way out of uh, Columbus and back again. But it just goes to show the type of not just recruiting, but player development they're going through at Ohio State, which I think is where the difference is made, in my opinion. Okay, and so why are we talking about this? Is it, is it to, to pick on Penn State in some way? It, it's not. It's really not. It is really to reinforce the notion of what James Franklin was talking about a couple of years, a couple weeks ago about school X. And if, if their number is whatever 13 million or whatever, why wouldn't Penn state be because for Penn state to achieve its goals, Ohio state is always the thorn in the side. So uh, I'll mention this here, college football playoff appearances, Penn state zero, Ohio state four, 2014, 2016, 2019, 2020. Oh, yeah, you heard that right. If you, if memory didn't serve you, 2016. Penn State beat Ohio State in 2016. Penn State won the Big Ten Championship in 2016, beating Wisconsin. Penn State played the Epic Rose Bowl against USC, but Ohio State went to the playoff. They've only had one loss that year in the regular season, the, the loss on the kick six to Penn State. They made it to the playoff despite not even going to the Big Ten Championship game. That is a gigantic middle finger. Uh, I, Jared can see the video here. I actually did the middle finger here. You guys can't see it in the podcast. But when I said that's a gigantic middle finger, I actually stuck up a middle finger to Jared. So no offense to you, pal. But uh, okay, so then recruiting. Again, I mentioned Penn State's got the number four class in the country right now. That's awesome. Ohio State's number two. Last year, Penn State had the number six class in the country. Fantastic. Ohio State was number four. A couple years ago, Penn State struggled 21st. Ohio State was second. 2020, Penn State was 15th. Ohio State was fifth. Now, Penn State did out-recruit Ohio State in 2019, 12th to 14th. That's a terrible recruiting year for Ohio State, 14th. But it just goes to show, year in and year out, no matter what Penn State does, even the single greatest play in Penn State football history, in my opinion, not so much the 87. Fiesta Bowl, the Giftopolis interception, that, that capped a great game. The single greatest play, in my opinion, in Penn State football history, the kick six to beat Ohio State, Penn State still couldn't even freaking get into a playoff that year, Jared. But Ohio State did. Right. I mean, Ohio State's got the name, the name brand um, in Big Ten and college football everywhere. I mean, they've had the coaching. They've had everything that you want, right? They have the pomp and circumstance. They – they are the the Midwest, I guess you could say, the Midwest Alabama, uh, with the amount of success that they've had, um, even with you know some turnover. But again, you know, we talk about it all the time. What what does Penn State need to do from great to elite? Let's beat Ohio State regularly. Yeah, they compete right. with them regularly, which is great. Competing is awesome. I remember watching Saquon Barthy return the opening kickoff, however many yards for a touchdown. Penn State at. Um, Ohio State at the horseshoe. And then, you know, Joe Moorhead and James Franklin happened. And they bend, don't break, and they weren't aggressive. 
and then voila, Ohio State wins. And it's always just they just can't get over that hump to beat them regularly. And they've only beat them, I think, that one time. And that can't happen. You have to continue to beat them regularly if, if anything good at Penn State wants to happen. But, yeah, again, yeah. if they don't, they've showed that when they beat them, it doesn't necessarily matter because of That's who that. they lose to before. Well, we're going to talk more about that very, very specific component in the second segment because it is really interesting in the grand scheme of things of all this, Penn State versus Ohio State. I'll I'll tease it, so we'll get into that more in the second segment. But you're right. Uh, Penn State is one and eight. uh, I'm sorry, one and nine against Ohio State um, since 2012. Uh, That was obviously the kick six game. They have competed very well against Ohio State, very well, even through the sanction years generally with with an exception, a couple of exceptions. The sanction years, Penn State – played pretty well against Ohio state, but, and there was the one where year where they had the 15 point lead in the fourth quarter and JT Barrett completed something like 74 passes in a row and beat them 39, 38. There have been great games in the Ricky Ronnie game with the fourth down call in 2018. Since they competes with Ohio state as well as anybody in the country, as well as anybody in the country on an annual basis, Penn state's generally right there, but they're one and nine against them over the last 10 years. And, the bottom line is, and this is not, this is not so much a negative toward Penn State. It's really not. Ohio State is just better. Ohio State is elite. They are in that very, very, very small class of elite programs: Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia. Um, you know, the, it, it's Oklahoma, and that's probably it. That's probably your elite programs right there, and. It just so happens one of them is in your division, which again, wink, wink, will help tease our second segment. Right. So with that, Corey, let's take it into the next segment. We're going to take a quick break here on the We Are Podcast of the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. We'll be right back. Welcome back to We Are Podcast, the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. First, Corey, I have to say, I'm just so proud of myself here. Little pat on the back. I haven't called this Young Bucks yet. Oh, that's great. That's funny. We, we, how many of these podcasts we do every week? Like 14 now? We're doing a lot. Yeah. We, what, what I like is when you started this segment, you said, Welcome back. I thought you were going to sing Welcome Back, Cotter. Welcome back. Your dreams are your ticket. Jared, are you old enough to remember Welcome Back, Cotter? I am. I, I remember it in syndication. In syndication, right. But young, yes. John, young John Travolta. That was a great show, Jared. I'm telling Listen, you. Listen, we still have another segment, Corey. I, don't threaten me with a good time. All right. We'll save that. We, we like to save our nonsense for the third segment. That's right. So let's talk more Penn State, Ohio State, right? They're in the same division. Penn State's division, for all intents and purposes, is not easy. You've got the gauntlet of Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, that right there in, in and of itself is brutal. Then you throw in a Rutgers and a Maryland, and okay, that's great. But you've got to beat, to compete at an elite level, you got to beat Michigan State for the prestigious land-grant trophy, Michigan, and Ohio State in a given year. And don't get me wrong, 
what Mel Tucker is doing at, at Michigan State, I think is good. Um, God knows what John Harbaugh is doing, uh, or Jim Harbaugh. I'm sorry, I can't. I can never get to Harbaugh. I get always get them mixed up. Screech's cousin, Harbaugh. <laughs> um, he who knows what they do at Michigan, I, other than have sleepovers with kickers um, during the recruiting process. But they're good once every two years, three years for a, a tough game. And they always – and the big house is a house of horrors. I remember watching one of the worst games I think I've ever seen in person uh, at the big house just a couple of years ago. But it's always – they have to beat Ohio State, and they just haven't been able to do it. And it and that, I think, is what's frustrating to Penn State fans, and I would imagine James Franklin as well. And, again, this is why he called them School X when Ryan Day mentioned the $13 million NIL figure. And James Franklin is asked about it, and he says School X. And, and James Franklin knows what types of things and what kind of support the Ohio State football program has. It is unconditional support. And that's what James Franklin wants at Penn State. So this is where, Jared, in this segment, we can tie in a lot of these interesting discussions we've had over – the last few weeks and everything support for James Franklin, NIL money, all this stuff. It's all, it all comes to bear when you're talking about competing against Ohio state, Mm -hmm. because Ohio state is not effing around with anything else. They don't have state representatives in Ohio, for God's sake, bringing up legislation (laughs) to try to honor Woody Hayes. Or wonder about Woody Hayes years after the fact. In Pennsylvania, you have representatives who, who are going to, a dude wants to withhold $240 million in funding over the, over the whereabouts of the statue. Do you think that that's the kind of support James Franklin needs in Pennsylvania? So look, I, I promised myself I wasn't going to go on too big of a rant there because there are people listening to this that probably do want to know where the statue is. But you don't hold $240 million in ransom over a statue because that, that, that defeats the purpose of trying to do every single thing that you can to support the current coach and program. But the point I want to make with all this, Jared, is this is what James Franklin wants. Mm-hmm. He wants what Ohio State already has, and that is unconditional support for the football program today and going forward without having to live in the past. And that's not just people on campus or off campus or donors. That's the entire state. If James Franklin was able to get that from the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, that would be incredible for the Penn State football program. Now, we all know that the statue is probably in Franco's basement. Um, but as, as long as the rumors are, or it couldn't be in the same place where Greek Greek car is, who knows? And I think that's going to be ultimately one of the biggest urban myths sorry to steal their coach's name here of where the statue is. And it's, and, and it's, it's great fodder because it is fun to come up with different places, whether it is Franco Harris's basement or maybe it's in bed with Jay, who knows? We don't know, <laughs> but, but to have that as a, just like, think about that. Yeah. Uh, we want to know where the statue is. Well, what if it's already melted? What if they, <laughs> You know, what if we can't give you your two hundred and forty million dollars, which will help tens of thousands of students for years and years 
because mm-hmm. I'm going to be petty. But here's the thing, Jared. I, 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 I didn't want this to become just about that. So I just want to mention this about Ohio State. Here's a question I have for you. Now, this probably is more for 2023 because uh, it's not necessarily for 2022. This is more for 2023 and going forward. You ready for my question? I'm, I'm ready for all of your questions, Corey. What if Penn State never beats Ohio State ever again, ever? Well, I, I, that's very possible, I think. Um, okay. Yeah, you here's... would expect them to win once every, every so often. Sure, but here's the thing. Once you have no divisions, which would come into play in 2023, we think. No okay. legends and leaders. That's unfortunate. Right. And then in 2025 or 26, whenever it happens, we get to a 12-team playoff, which I am still certain will happen because of money. Here's my, que- here's my point, Jared. If Penn State never beats Ohio State ever, Penn State can still get into the college football playoff once it turns to a 12-team field. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. so that, that's the good news with all this. Because if Ohio State's always going to be there and you can only expect to beat Ohio State two times a decade, Penn State's best wins this century, Penn State's best wins this century are the kick six in 2016, the Mark Rubin fumble with Terrell Pryor in 2008, which led to a Big Ten title, and then the Tom Bali strip sack in 2005. Their three best wins this century are against Ohio State, and then you could probably say Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game yes. would be their fourth best win. But the, you judge Penn State based on these isolated wins over Ohio State, and, and the point I'm trying to make is even if Penn State never beats Ohio State, they did in 2016, Penn State would have made a, a 12-team playoff field in 2016. They didn't They would have made an 18 playoff field. Right, but they didn't beat them in 2017, Jared. Right. And they would have made a 12-team field. They didn't beat Ohio State in 2018, they would have made a 12-team field, and they didn't beat Ohio State in 2019, and they would have made a 12 a 12-team field. So again, I'm not saying Penn State will never beat Ohio State ever again. My point is once it goes to a 12-team field, which it will, it, the emphasis of, on beating Ohio State will not be as significant because Penn State can still achieve its one of its ultimate goals of getting to the playoff. Right. And, I mean, is it nice to beat Ohio State once every four years or every so often? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think that's necessary for the program for recruiting for everything. So winning, beating Ohio State, you know, you want to take that step from great to elite and maybe put – Franklin's money where his mouth is but yeah I mean at the end of the day if there's a 12 team or 18 play 18 playoff or whatever they have beating Ohio State isn't imperative competing with them is is comparative you have to keep it close you have to maybe have a lead and and give it up or whatever and beat the teams you're supposed to beat and if you can compete with Ohio State and show and prove that you can play with them and also it depends on when you see them in the season you know sometimes they see them early in the season or later or the middle of the season and and that matters too health Mm -hmm. you know look at iowa you know how ill-prepared penn state was for um what happened there and so you have to be cognizant of that and you have to beat them you just you know it, it might not be every year and i think if they get into a situation where they do start doing it every year that's awesome but at the same time, you know, just compete with them, you know, compete in everything that you do. Right. That's one of the, the core principles. And if they're able to do that, I think it, it's, you know, and it, it, it should bode well for the program now. And they, and they are. They do compete well with Ohio State. They right. do and on any given year, no matter how good Ohio State is or 
how questionable Penn State might be, Penn State is generally right there with them. Right, and I and that's what they need to do to continue this success. And even when they're not good, and they haven't been good the last two years, you know, it's still semi-competitive. But the big thing for me, I think the difference here is that just the player development and the type of player they get infinitely more five stars than Penn, than, uh, than Penn State typically does. But again, once once they get to campus, those stars don't matter, but they do end up as as impact players for the for the Buckeyes, and I think that's huge too. I'm going to repeat something that I've said and written numerous times, so this is kind of beating a dead horse a little bit. But if we're going to talk about Penn State versus Ohio State, we got to talk about the reality of the quarterback situation. I've said this repeatedly. There is no way in hell that Ohio State would ever, 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 ever have a sixth-year starting quarterback, a, a sixth-year quarterback, a fourth-year starter, who has basically been mediocre his entire career and who's 11-11 and 11 over his past two years. That guy, Sean mm-hmm. Clifford, would never just be granted a, a, a career starting mm-hmm. label tag at Ohio State. They would have moved on. And so some of this is – look, some of its circumstances, obviously, they need – Clifford to mentor Drew Aller. We know all that stuff. I'm just telling you that Ohio State would never, ever, ever allow Sean Clifford to come back and be a fourth-year starting quarterback. And so sometimes James Franklin can talk about we want to compete with School X. Well, then friggin' do it. Make some decisions that you know School X would make, even if they're difficult decisions. Because again, if you're just gonna if you're just gonna throw the same people out there. And, and expect, you know, something different to happen. Um, that's something that school X would not do. Yeah, absolutely. And they're going to have a guy that's at least competent enough as a backup to go in and play, you know, <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing, like, you're not going to run the football 17 times with their backup quarterback. <sighs> Talked <laughs> about fourth and five. Yep. Will Levis 17 times. Yeah. What else are we going to talk about depressing football for you? Well, look, but again, the the good news is Penn State has a chance to compete with just about anybody. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to sit there and call yourself unrivaled. Got to beat everybody, too. And you're going to go one and nine against that program over the last decade. One or two things has to happen. You would either better have to find a way to beat them or hope that we get to the 12 team playoff soon and you don't have to beat them and you can still get into the playoff. Right. Right. Competing is awesome, man. I go out and compete with myself every day at the buffet, but like, <laughs> you know, it's an you're internal on a roll struggle. today, man. You're, you're on a roll today with these one liners, Jerry. Seinfeld. Uh, hey, listen, I'm trying, but Comedi- <laughs> comedians on zoom with, with whatever coffee or whatever. Yeah. Right. But that's the thing. Like you have to, you have to compete, right? But you have to also win those battles. And that matters. And if you can't beat Ohio State, yeah, that's that sucks for this year. But next year, hey, maybe it doesn't matter. But if you want to compete, you have to beat Ohio State on a semi-regular basis. Ryan Day is doing a great job at Ohio State. People don't want to admit that from Penn State, but he is. He picked up where Urban Meyer left off in nothing has changed that in fact i think they they're better now than they were under urban but you know you we talk about compete and sacrifice and all of this and the core values and they're great i think those are great building blocks moving forward for the uh, for for penn state but if you're going to compete you got to win 
And as great as it is turning out NFL talent, you have got to continue to win football games at Ohio State, especially. Um, and I think that's where the momentum could really swing for, for Penn State because winning a game in a horseshoe is a hard thing to do, just like winning a game in a Beaver Stadium is a hard thing to do. Go in, compete, and win, and I think that's when the tides will turn and you'll finally break through to, to having success against the Buckeyes. Hey, let me give you one little bit of tip here. Um, the last number I saw, and I haven't seen anything updated on this, because Ohio State comes to Penn State this year. They come to Beaver Stadium mm -hmm. October 29th. The last number I saw was that Ohio State is favored at, at Penn State by 12 points. Yeah. Can you believe that? That's well, a, and we just don't know what Penn State's going to have to offer we this don't, season. But, that's, but as well as Penn State has competed, that is a huge number. So my betting tip for the season now, um, I, 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 this is four months away or whatever. I, I withhold the right to remove this depending on what happens. But I'd buy that line up to 14. If, if Penn State's plus 12, minus 110, Buy, buy it up to plus 14 at about 160, and, and that's a pretty comfortable number for me there. So uh, just, just throwing that out here with, with, the, with the game four months away. More betting tips to come from Corey Geiger. Absolutely. But, but, yeah, I mean, you're right. Like Penn State, especially at Beaver Stadium, they compete, man. And I will actually be in Virginia that weekend officiating a wedding. I am an ordained minister. Are you going to um, be watching the game during the wedding? I don't think so, Corey, because these the family is a bunch of Notre Dame fans, so I don't think they'll be they'll have that on. I think they might have Rudy in the background, hoping that guy might pull a hamstring. I know you, man. You're gonna have a friggin' uh, device in your ear listening to the game. Some I got married March sixteenth, two thousand two. I'm a big Syracuse fan, and my wife was worried that Syracuse would be in the NCAA tournament on that day. And that, and that uh, our wedding would have to compete with the NCAA tournament. <laughs> so uh, I, you, you're going to be listening to that game somehow. Well, if it's a new, I, I, I got I to gotta get the itinerary as far as what time it is. But if it's, uh, if it's later than noon, I think we should be okay. But I think it's going to be the big noon game for, yeah. um, for that because Minnesota is the, is the whiteout this year. Uh, and that's going to be the Generations of Greatness game, Homecoming. Those are by far my favorite jerseys. I love how crisp the generations of greatness jerseys are number one, because literally it's something different. They throw some stripes on and I love it. Um, but the numbers on the helmet are always a good touch too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, everything about Penn state, Ohio state is competitive hammer that if you can, but we can, we don't know what Penn state's all about this year. We just, and that's, I think the scary thing. We don't know how the running game is going to play. We don't know if the running or the line is going to show up um, or know how to block. Uh, or whether they'll impersonate turnstiles in an airport again, or what Parker, how Parker Washington is going to take the next step. So it'll be interesting to see really what Penn State brings to the table because that dictates the line. Um, if they go down and, and they start the season off hot and they beat, you know, they beat Purdue and then they come back and beat um, Auburn at Auburn, you know, they will be battle tested going into to those games and to Big Ten play. I'm just and telling you. I think that matters too. Buy but, that line up to plus 14. Oh, man. With, without a doubt. Buy that. Get what get the get a point or two to plus 14. So I, I'd be comfortable with that. But yes. Yeah, so uh, it, it's always going to be a competitive game. But for 
for Penn State to take the next level, they have to take their, their program to the next level. They have to semi-regularly beat Ohio State. It's as simple as that. Yep. Uh, we're going to wrap up the second segment here. We'll have some, uh, some general college football discussion coming up in the third segment. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the VR Podcast, the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Corey wanted me to do that, um, so the FCC, please let me be um, mm-hmm. for impersonating that. But Corey, before we get to our free-for-all, I have to ask you this question because I didn't ask you earlier. Where do you think the Paterno statue is? Well, it's not in Audrey's house. So we know that Audrey tried to find the damn thing and it didn't work out. And kudos to Audrey on that story from, I don't know, a year or two ago. Uh, The Franco thing, all jokes aside, the Franco Harris thing you mentioned, I, I, I'm not into conspiracy theory, but uh, that sounds almost as reasonable. No, I, I I think it is in the, I think it is uh, in a basement somewhere, um, a, a, a storage room area of the All Sports Museum or underneath the stadium or something. I, I think it is tucked far away. And whether this offends anybody or not, I don't think we're ever going to see that statue ever again, if it does still exist. I don't think it's been melted. I don't think we're ever going to see it again, nor do I think we should. And this is the reason why there's a new president at Penn State right now, there's a new athletic director. We've talked about this before, Jared. If there were connections to the past, if there were links to the past, people that still felt some great um, connection to Joe Paterno running the university, sure, we, we might see some level of acknowledgement or whatever at some point. But that time is gone, so I do not believe we're ever going to see that statue ever again. I don't think we're going to see it for a long time. I think it, it could pop up maybe in the All Sports Museum, maybe at the Paternal Library. But yeah, I mean, personally, I like the Franco story. I, I love the fact, I, I think that would be absolutely hilarious if you walk down there and you see that big ass statue in his, the middle of his man cave or whatever <laughs> he has. But he, um, here's, here's what the only thing I, he would, he would reveal that. You know what I'm saying? Or would it, he? It, would, if Franco truly had it, and he's so devoted to Joe, he would tell the world. He, he would not be able to keep it a secret. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But let's go. Enough about statues, right? Let's move around the pocket here. We're not pocket quarterbacks. Let's, let's scramble. Corey, um, let's talk about college football as a whole. It, it's It's – we keep talking about NIL, NIL, NIL. The NCAA football franchise is coming back. Um, There's so many different things regarding that. But what what's the storyline you're looking forward to this year? Yeah, I think we touched on this a while back, and I, I made mention to it earlier in this podcast. And I think this is the last year we're going to see divisions in college football. So this Big Ten East, Big Ten West, that's going to go by the wayside. I think that's going to um, – we're going to see these 
crossover games and everything going forward in the Big Ten. That's something I'm really, really interested to see. But but really, from from even a more pressing matter now, I just wonder if a movement will be made, Jared, to try, at least try, I don't know if it can be successful, to try to legislate all of this NIL and portal stuff. They're already trying to do transfer portal windows, and they're trying to find ways to get everybody on the same page with NIL. I just do not believe college football will ever exist the way all of us knew it now that we have NIL and portal and the double and sword of both of them. So I just think over the next year or so, there, there, is, there needs to be a ton of the smartest people in the room sitting down and brainstorming, just, uh, just brainstorming a bunch of stuff to try to find ways to legislate and, and get everybody on the same page. Yeah, it has to be regulated. It, it, it can't be the free-for-all that it is now. Um, it, it's not doing anybody justice. That's both in the portal and that's in NIL. If they can regulate that, I think that's huge. Do they want to regulate it? I don't know if it's time for the regulator. So I, I, I just don't know. So I think one thing, uh, it's a little bit of a crossover to hail to Pitt, but Jordan Addison, former Pitt wide receiver, Bolitnikoff award winner, he's wearing Carson Palmer's number three at USC. That is a big task for a, for a receiver that had an incredible year with Kenny Pickett last year. Yeah, and you hope, hope the best for him. One thing that came out of all that discussion, uh, while Pitt fans angry about the way things played out and losing a great player and allegations of tampering, Pitt fans seemed to embrace Jordan Addison and understand that, hey, you can't fault the guy for going to get three million bucks if that is indeed what he got. So uh, I, I, I wish him the best, but again, that is – that is such a test case. He will always be the poster boy, I think, for all of this when it truly changed with college football becoming the free agency. I mean, we've had transfers before. Russell Wilson was the poster boy for the graduate transfer free agent. Um, Jordan Addison. Yep. I think Jordan Addison will be the poster boy for the, NI, the transfer portal NIL free agent. And, and so, again, I just hope – I, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm at a loss, and it's bu- it's bugging the heck out of me, Jared. Because there's a movie quote where 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 the, the guy says, "Don't you have just a bunch of people sitting in a room brainstorming shit?" And I, and I cannot remember what movie it is. So somebody listening to this will, will will come up with what the what the quote is. You can put it in the comments. I'll know. I'll find it because it's bugging me. But the, you you got to have a bunch of people sitting in a room brainstorming a bunch of shit about ways to fix the NIL and the transfer portal to prevent this kind of stuff from continuing to happen. Right. And because listen, the way that it was supposed to be used is because you make name off your name, image, and likeness. So it'll be interesting to see if they come up with regulations. It's the NCAA. So I don't really have much confidence Mm -hmm. that they'll come up with something competent. Now, before we go, Arch Manning, namesake, uh, the Manning family, Family of quarterbacks, Eli Payton, Cooper, his dad. He's supposed to be this bet. The bet. Cooper was supposed to be the best of the three. He unfortunately had back issues, wasn't able to, to have the NFL careers that, that those guys had. But Arch committed to Texas. Why, why Steve Sarkeesian in Texas for Arch? Yeah, that's interesting. Sark had great success when he was the uh, offense coordinator at Alabama. 
and and here's the thing there's a lot of money in texas okay show so, me the money yeah, i don't know exactly how much he got uh or or will get i would you be surprised i mean have you seen numbers? Would you be surprised if the number was five million? I mean, I don't know. Look, just like we talk about with A and M, there's all that oil money down there. They don't. Everything's just, bigger in Texas. Yeah, they don't just have Terry Pagula down there. They got maybe a bunch of Terry Pagulas. So you got Terry Pagula, Terry Pagula's son, Terry Pagula's dad, and Terry Pagula's t- cousin, second or uh, twice removed, and they all give more than whatever. You know, and, and that's good for them. Good, good for them. But I mean, that's the thing. Like you have to regulate this. And if you don't, it's just going to be a free for all. And I don't think that's good for the, for the college game. Yeah. Um, but again, we aren't making decisions for, um, for the NCAA and, yeah, and, and that they can't handle that on their own. And I, I'm get again, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that uh, um, Arch is going to get a ton of money. And, you know, somebody asked me on a comment the other day, is he really worth all of it if his last name wasn't Manning? Well, I mean, um, who knows? But his last name is Manning. And so you, you know that uh, wherever, he, wherever he ended up, it was going to be a massive story. And I'm guessing a whole hell of a lot of money. Corey, if you had your pick of wherever you would want to go, where would you go? Um. You know, that's, that's a that's a great question. I like Florida. I think I, I just in general, just in general, I like the state of Florida. Um, you know, Florida state traditionally would have, would have been a great program. They've fallen off the Florida Gators, maybe Miami. I, I me personally, just what I, I like the state of Florida. I, I'd like to retire down there someday. I've been to, I'm from Arkansas. I've been to Texas. It's hot as hell down there. Um, it's it, it, there's a there's a it's not a great movie it's a terrible movie but it is funny it's called Johnny B Good it's an 80s uh, college football recruiting movie it's it's really stupid it has Anthony Michael Hall and Uma Thurman in it and uh, there's a Penn State recruiter and an Alabama recruiter fighting for Michael Michael uh, 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 Anthony Michael Hall's uh, football and he goes the Alabama guys it's freezing at Penn State and. <laughs> I can attest to that, but I was on I was on a radio show in Alabama last week, and it was 100 degrees with a heat index of 112. So you know there are pros and cons everywhere. Um, but I, I would say you know it, me personally, I think I, I'd maybe like somewhere in Florida. That's a good question, Jerry. Where would you go? Oh man, that's tough. If it was basketball, I'd have to go to UNC. UNC is my school. Um, but the the old school 2001 Miami Hurricanes, they're a go to. Um, but I would, I would go to USC uh, mid 2000s or Pete Carroll. That was a team to beat, and they were a lot of fun to watch. That's interesting. I would agree with that. California, LA, but that, that, that's the thing. When James Franklin people were talking about LA, w- would you want to deal with all that traffic? I mean, I, I, I'll tell you, I, I, I've been in LA now. James Franklin, I kept telling people, would probably have a, uh, a helicopter to fly around and everything. Um, so he wouldn't be dealing with the same kind of traffic. You, but I would, I would hate dealing with all that stuff there. Yeah. The traffic would be awful. I get mad when I go through the tunnel in uh, Pittsburgh and there's no, there are no cars ever on the other side. Um, they get scooped up by the tunnel monster and you know, you 
I hate that. So I can't imagine what LA rush hour will be like on your way to practice or whatever. But you know, that's the beauty of it's the beauty in the kind of the ugliness of college football. Now you get to have that choice. The freedom of choice is great, right? Everybody should have that freedom of choice, but at the same time, it comes with a price. And that's, and that's the issue that they're going to face at Penn state and, and beyond. And it's not just in football, it's in every other sport too, because if you're, if you're a guy that's promotable and marketable and, and intelligent, you're going to make money for yourself and take care of yourself because at the end of the day, there are only an infinite number of snaps and yeah. life does go on after football. Especially, especially for a quarterback. You can only yes. play one. All right. Now, I've been multitasking here as we leave. It bugs the heck out of me when I can't think a thing. The quote I was thinking of earlier when I said these people need, need to be thinking about brainstorming ways. It's from Armageddon, Jared. Oh, Bruce, yes. Bruce Willis. Uh. He says, he says, I mean, you're NASA for crying out loud. You put a man on the moon. You're geniuses. You're the guys that think this shit up. I'm sure you got a team of men sitting around somewhere right now just thinking shit up, and somebody's backing them up. You're telling me you don't have a backup plan? That these eight Boy Scouts right here, that's the world's hope? That's what you're telling me? Armageddon. That was, gonna, that was eating me up, Jared. I'm so glad I found the quote because I love, I love that scene with Bruce Willis going like, this is the best hope <laughs> ah yes come to the we are podcast where you'll get one-liners movie quotes and us forgetting why we even do this hey but this is fun man we have that's fun right on this podcast. we do have fun in the we are podcast you can catch us on our other podcast called the pittsburgh or i'm sorry called young bucks uh based on uh pirates pod pirates prospects there we go it's too many p's on our usually po- our other podcast i'm actually a lot better at speaking when i kind of roll off all the people peas but hang on i do i do a memory lane podcast i do an outstanding is a great city podcast i do a youth baseball podcast i do a cart no i was just kidding sometimes it feels like we're doing and you do a lot too but i will say this we got a lot of great podcasts on 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 this network so uh hopefully you don't you you folks don't uh uh hear from us too much and you enjoy all these and if you've made it this far and still love listening to Corey and I's voice, you get to have two chances every week to listen to us on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. For Corey Geiger, I'm Jared Progard. Thanks, as always, for listening to the We Are Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.